All right. First, I want to just thank you for the opportunity to intern at your church. It's been a great experience already. And I look for, even with VBS, I was, uh, I've never done anything quite like that. That's a, a big production, and uh, I, that was a great experience for me, and I really enjoyed doing that. But I also am looking forward to the, the few weeks that I have left, and uh, just working more with the kids and the teenagers and speaking more. And so I just want to thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to work at your church and be an intern here this summer. Before we get started, uh, let's open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for Sunday, a day that we can set apart to come and worship you and be spoken to you from your word. I pray that you would, we would all be challenged from your word. I, I thank you for laying this passage on my heart, and I know that it's been a challenge to me, and I pray that it would be a challenge to them as well. I pray that you would be, be with me. May what I speak be what you want spoken. Just call my nerves. Be with this uh, time now. And we just thank you for all that you do, and here I pray. Amen. How many of you can think of a time when you were put back in your place? I know I can think of a time back in junior high when I was uh, at the top, of the top of the school then. I went to a school that only went to 8th grade. And if you were in 7th or 8th grade, you were the top of the, the school. And you, everybody in that class thought they were the coolest thing. And uh, so I was in there. I can't remember if it was 7th or 8th grade. But I was in, seventh, I was, uh, in one of those grades. And not only that, not only was I at top of the school, but I was a basketball player, and I was a starter on the basketball team. So I felt pretty good about myself. Also, a couple games before, I had scored 20 points in a game, and so I got the player of the game award. And so right about now, I was feeling that I was pretty cool stuff. And, uh, also, our team had been doing pretty well. We had won a couple games. So they were also kind of feeling like we were, we were a good team. We were the best basketball players out there. So we came to practice that next week, and I think our coach kind of sensed that we, uh, we had this attitude about us. And so he decided that he was going to scrimmage us. And so my coach, he was a 6'7 basketball player for the college team. So he, he was a really good basketball player. He could shoot well. He could dunk. And he was a good basketball player. He was our coach at the time. And so he decided that he was going to take us on. It was going to be him versus all the five starters. And so we were pretty excited about that. We, we were glad uh, we always enjoyed scrimmaging. That's a, it's always fun when you can play basketball instead of just running drills. So we were excited about that. So we, all the five starters, took on our coach. He beat us pretty bad. We couldn't do anything. I don't think we scored once in that game. And we couldn't pass. We couldn't run our offense. He just he blocked everything that we put up. He, he destroyed us that, that time at, at practice. And I remember thinking, I've been actually pretty discouraged about that and feeling frustrated. Like, how could we not do anything on him? He's only one guy. And I was, I was pretty upset. And I, I remember actually feeling like, I guess I'm not that great of a basketball player. And I, I, I was put back in my place that day. And I think as well as the rest of the team, we were all kind of, oh yeah, we're not, we're not that great if one guy can beat us. And so we were put back in our place that, that day. Today I want to look at a passage of scripture where we find a ruler that it was prophesied that a ruler would be put back in his place. It's found in the book of Ezekiel. And most of the book of Ezekiel is prophecy of judgment against Israel. But there's a section, another section, that is prophecy against the four nations that opposed Israel. And that's what we want to look at a little closer today. And in chapter 25, it starts off with a prophecy of judgment against the Ammonites. And then... 26 moves into prophecy of judgment against the, the city of Tyre. And then chapter 27 is a lament for the city of Tyre 
And then, chapter 28 that we want to look at today is a prosophy of judgment against the ruler or the prince of Tyre. And so we want to take a closer look at uh, chapter 28. So if you have your Bibles, you can start turning there to Ezekiel chapter 28. And in Ezekiel chapter 28, we find a ruler, we find the prince of Tyre lifting himself in pride, lifting up himself in pride and actually thinking of himself as a god, and actually viewing himself as a god. And you know, each one of us today struggle with pride. We, every single one of us know that we have a problem with pride in our heart. Whether it shows or not, we know that pride is down there, and it, it, we have a struggle with that. And so hopefully, from looking at this passage, we can recognize that pride, understand, be reminded of that pride, and turn and run to God's side. So if you will, look, at, look with me again at uh, Ezekiel chapter 28. And I'll go ahead and read that again. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, Thus says the Lord God, Because your heart is proud, and you have said, I am God, I sit in the seat of gods, in, in the heart of the seas, yet you are but a man, and no God. Though you make your heart like the heart of God, you are indeed wiser than Daniel. No secret is hidden from you. By your wisdom and your understanding, you have made wealth for yourself. And have gathered gold and silver into your treasuries. By your great wisdom in your trade, you have increased your wealth, and your heart has become proud in your wealth. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you make your heart like the heart of a God, therefore, behold, I will bring foreigners upon you, the most ruthless of the nations, and if they shall, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. They shall thrust you down into the pit, and you shall die the death of the slain. In the heart of the seas will you... Will you still say, I am God, in the presence of those who kill you, though you are but a man and no God? In the hands of those who slay you, you shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of foreigners. For I have spoken, declares the Lord God. So the first thing I want to notice in this passage is that our pride, the pride of our heart causes us to get to focus on ourselves. And the first thing that we notice is the pride of our heart gets us to focus places the focus on ourselves. And we see this in verse 2. It says, The Son of Man say to the Prince of Tyre, Thus says the Lord God, Because your heart is proud, and you have said, I am God, I sit in the seat of gods, in the heart of the seas, yet you are but a man, and no God, though you make your heart like the heart of a God. So we see the king of, the ruler of Tyre here, lifting himself up in pride and saying, I am a God. You have to understand, in chapter 27, it talks about Tyre. And we learn that Tyre was a very prominent city. It was known as the joyous city or the crowning city. And it, it had lots of wealth. It was in a very prominent position. So it was right by a, a water. Uh, and so the trade was very good there. And they had lots of wealth. And it was also a very pretty city. It was a beautiful place to live. And so because of this, they, they, had, they were very prestigious. It was a very prestigious city. And so the ruler of Tyre, and they were very successful at what they do. They were very wealthy. They had lots of money. And because of this, the ruler of Tyre saw himself as the one responsible for this success. And because of that, he, he lifted himself up in pride and let himself become and think of himself as a god. And it says, you have said, I am God. I sit in the seat of gods, in the heart of the sea. So he, he placed the focus on himself. He saw himself as a god as the one being responsible for all the success. And his perception was off. He saw himself instead of God. He saw the focus was on him. He didn't look to God. He didn't recognize the fact that God was the one that 
that uh, blessed the city of Tyre. The focus went immediately to him. How many of you have ever, uh, you've been sitting inside at nighttime, and you heard something outside, and you went to look out the window, and you couldn't see anything because the lights were all in, and so all you saw in the window was the reflection of what was inside. You couldn't see outside. And in, in order to see outside, you had to turn the lights off and look outside, and you could then see what was outside. Well, that's sometimes what our pride does in our life. We, we're, like, we're inside, looking outside, but all we can see is our reflection. All we see is ourself. All we see is our own perspective. All, all we see is, see is what we want to see. We, we forget we, that God is behind all this. We, we forget to see the bigger picture. And you know, each one of us, we probably, we don't actually come out and say, I am a God. None of us would probably say, I am a God, or even that I am like a God. And none of us would even probably go as far to say that we're the best in the building or we're the best on the whole world. None of us even go that far to boast that we are the best. We're the greatest thing ever. None of us actually would probably do that. But our pride shows up in our daily lives. It shows up in our relationships. It shows up in our thinking. And that's where uh, we see the, the pride in our life creeping up and showing our life is with how we deal with other people. And how we are thinking, it's a focus, it's a perspective that we have, and it's, it's all in ourself. It's all on how we wake up in the morning and we think, we're, we're thinking, how, what can I do for myself today? How, what am, how are people going to treat me today? And that's, that's where our eyes turn normally. It's to ourself. And we, we forget to wake up and think, God, is the, God gave me a new day. We, we forget God. We leave God out of the picture, and, and we set ourselves as the focus. And we can even do this, this can even show up in, in, in insecurity sometimes. It's that feeling of, I'm not meeting up to people's standards. I'm not uh, at that level. And that also is a pride. That sense of insecurity, that's also a pride in our hearts that we need to, to deal with. And so the first thing that we recognize in this passage, like the king of Tyre did, the ruler of Tyre, he looked out at his circumstances in life, and he saw me. He saw self. And so immediately his perspective was off. And that's what pride does in our life. It turns the perspective, it turns the focus off of God, and it turns it on ourself. And so that's the first thing that we recognize in this passage. The second thing that I want to look at in this passage uh, is that our pride causes us to focus on living for ourselves. So once the focus is off, once our eyes are off of God and onto self, then we start to live for ourselves. Then we start to live on that and live out that. And we, we find this in the, the next couple of verses, uh, beginning in verse 3 and down to verse 5. It says, You are indeed wiser than Daniel. No secret is hidden from you. By your wisdom and your understanding, you have made wealth for yourself and have gathered gold and silver into your treasuries. By your great wisdom in your trade, you have increased your wealth, and your heart has become proud in your wealth. So we see the ruler of Tyre was good at what he did. He was a successful businessman. He, 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 he was pretty smart when it came to uh, getting riches and getting people to, to serve for him and to work for him, and he was, he was very good at that. But... That became the focus of his life. That's what he began to live for. He began to live for gaining those riches. He began to live for the praise of others. Them thinking that Tyre was this great city and look at their ruler and look at all they have. And that is what he, what began, he began to live for in his life was all that for the riches, to gain more money. How can I get more money? How can I get more wealth? How can I get more 
wisdom? How can I increase my armies? Uh, the Hebrew word for riches back in that time had more of a meaning than just money. It had more, also the meaning of armies and wealth and power and wisdom. And so that's, that's what he lived for. How can I increase my wisdom? How can I increase my nation? How can I increase? How can I uh, get better? How can I do better? And that's what he began to live for. Uh, there's a quote that President Lincoln once said in 1863 in one of his speeches. He said, We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers and wealth, grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. End quote. So we see, even back in Abraham Lincoln's day, America was a prosperous nation, and it is today, too. We are a very prosperous nation. We are, one of the, we are the greatest nation in the world. And it's very easy for, for us as Americans to become satisfied with that and to be in, in, enjoy that. And e- too easily do we get caught up in living for the American dream, finding, trying to find that successful and that comfortable life. And once our focus is off, once the focus is on ourselves, then we begin to live for that. We live to, to, to gain the American dream, or we live to find that comfortable life. We live to gain those things. We live so that we can, we can have more money, or we can have a nicer, nicer clothes. Even in today's world, it seems like there's a big fashion craze nowadays. And we live to find, we, to, so we can dress nicely. Or that we can, and none of these things are necessarily wrong in and of themselves. But when, when our focus is off and our focus is on self, then that becomes the focus of our life. We, that becomes what we are living for. That's what drives us. How can I, become, how can I get more of this? And especially, there's, there's new things coming out all the time. New computers, new phones, new all this. And, and we're so driven by that. We're so easily uh, thinking, easy, easily able to think that that's, that's where the focus is. That's what's important in life. Like I said, none of those things are bad things, but when they become the focus of your life, when they become, that's what drives you, that's what makes you want uh, more, then it, it's prideful. It's, it's uh, a wrong heart. And we forget God. We forget the one who is in charge of our life. We forget who we're supposed to be living for. We forget what's important to us, what should be important to us as Christians, our relationship with God. And we neglect that a lot of times when we're... we're striving for those other things, we neglect the thing, we neglect our God, we neglect our time and relationship with God. And that's the first thing that often goes because our focus is on ourself. And we, we're driven to live for that. How can I gain this? How can I achieve more? And that's what we're driven by. Just like the ruler of Tyre, that's what he was driven by because the focus was off of God and it was on him. And so now, that's all he had to live for. That's all he he could have been driven by was that because that's where his focus was that's where his heart lie it was in the it was in possessions it was in riches it was in fame that's what it was in and we as uh, 21st century uh, american christians can become that same way we can begin to live for stuff to live for this life and we place our treasure on this earth and we we don't place it in heaven 
and on God and what it should be. And this life is so short, but that's, that's what we, we base everything on is this life. And that's what happens when our pride lifts us up and we get our eyes off of, off of God, off of what's important, and onto ourselves. And then we, we begin to live for that, and that becomes the focus. And lastly, I want to look at in this passage is that God will, brings us back to our place. God puts us back into our place and brings us back to reality and back to the, the real focus. We see this in the next little bit of the, sec, the, the passage here. It says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you make your heart like the heart of God, therefore, behold, I will bring foreigners upon you, the most ruthless of nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. They shall thrust you down into the pit, and you shall die the death of the slain. In the heart of the seas will you still say, I am God, in the presence of those who kill you, though you are but a man and no God. In the hands of those who slay you, you shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of foreigners. For I have spoken, declares the Lord God. So the ruler of Tyre in this passage got what was coming for him. He thought he was God. He saw himself as a God. But God showed him who was really God. He says, you are but a man. You are no God. You are but a man. And God showed that to him by destroying, by prophecy. He, he hadn't yet in this, this passage, this is a prophecy of judgment that's coming to him. But God uh, did bring this judgment on him. And he put the ruler of Tyre in his place. He showed him who was boss in a sense. He showed him, I am God. You are just a man. Even though your perception office and you see yourself as a God, let me tell you, you are just a man and I am God. And you know what? When we... God will do the same to us. And not, we, we notice that this was a humiliating uh, destruction of the ruler of Tyre. It, he, God said he would bring foreigners of him. And in this time, that was the worst thing that could happen, was that a foreigner would come and overtake you. And that's the judgment that God said he would bring. And also in verse 10, he says, You shall die the death of the uncircumcised. A humiliating death. A humiliating destruction. That's what God was bringing to him. He was going to humble him and show him where his place really lied. And you know what? That God hates pride. God hates pride in our lives because pride lifts ourselves up and says, I am more important than God. Pride puts ourselves in the seat of God. It places us in front of God. And God hates that. God is a jealous God. And when he sees that we are placing ourselves in front of him, that angers him. It's an abomination to him. The Bible is very clear that he hates pride. He says God will, uh, God will destroy the, the proudful. He will abase the proud, but bring strength to the humble. God is going to, if we, if we have that pride in our life, if we are living for that focus, it may not be immediately. God may let us, allow us to live for that for a while. But let me tell you, the Bible is clear that he hates pride and that judgment is coming and that he will show you, if, even if it's at the last day when he comes back, he will show you who is God and who you really are. And he will, he will set that perspective back and and he will show you who you really are in, compared to an almighty God. And so, as we looked at this passage, we noticed that we get our focus off. We get our focus off of God and we focus on ourselves. And once that is off, then we begin to live for that. Then we, we begin to pursue that and to follow that. And then, but may we realize that we will one day be put back in our place. And God will show us, God will humble us and show us who he really is and who we are compared to him. Now, we all, we all struggle with this pride, and we all know the different areas where our pride shows up, how it shows up in our life. 
But may, by, from this, may we be challenged from this passage and from the example of the ruler of Tyre and what came to him, that it is important that we recognize that pride in our life, that we point it out, we find it, we search it out, and we find what that pride is in our life, and we get rid of it. We neglect it. We push it aside so that we can, and we get our focus back on God so that we can, we can learn to serve him. And may we, may we be challenged today from this passage to run from our pride and to turn to God's side and to serve by God's side. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this passage of Scripture, and we thank you for that you are God and that we aren't in charge of our lives. And we thank you for that. And I pray that you would help each one of us to recognize the pride and the selfishness in our own life. And may we not get the focus on ourselves, but may the focus be on you. May we strive to live and serve for you. May that be what drives us our relationship with you. May that become the focus. May we do whatever we can to increase that, our relationship with you, and bring glory and honor to you. And we pray that by your grace we would be able to uh, do this. We thank you for this time now. We pray that you'd be with the rest of the service now. And you're going to pray. Amen.